Wow. Hey, Barry. Why does a paladin wear chainmail? Why? Because it's holy armor. It's time for Compelled Duel! Hello, friends, and welcome to Compelled Duel. I'm Barry. And I'm Al. And we are an actual play, for now, Dungeons & Dragons podcast, but we will be delving into different tabletop RPGs later on in the series. Uh, but the cool thing about us is that we are a single-player campaign. So, one DM, one player character. And before you ask, yes, we are playing it this way because we have no friends, but also... <laughs> But also, it's a cool thing and not really something you see too much in the world of D&D podcasts, so. Yeah. Everybody's done big parties. Anybody can run six players at a table. That's a lie. I can't do it. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is why this is happening. But <laughs> So yeah, so our first campaign that we have planned uh, is going to be Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. It will be taking place in the world of Illyri, which is a fantasy realm that we have made ourselves. We have some homebrew races, we have some other kind of homebrewed stuff going on. I did 30,000 tons of math. Yeah. <laughs> cosmological math, yeah. for no reason. <laughs> and we both almost broke a computer over map making software. Yeah. And oh went through so many fantasy name <laughs> generators. But I mean, like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we look forward to bringing all of you along on the adventure with us. It's going to be really fun, we think. Someone will die. Of fun. <laughs> and murder. Anyway. So much murder. Anyway. <laughs> so, yes, come with us into the web that we weave. Come with us into the world of Illyri. Let's fucking do this, shall we? Let's fucking do this. So, the camera pans over the rolling plains and forests and various biomes of the country and continent of Australia. We enter into the capital city of Belenthal, and we zoom in to the grand castle at the center of Belenthal, where we enter a richly appointed, if somewhat, maybe a little smaller than you would expect, room where we see the Grand Duke of Australia, one Mr. Laryl Valsine. And very please describe the character. Laryl Valsine, or Leo to his friends, he does not have very many of those, however, is a five foot two, I guess you would describe him as a moon elf. He is a high elf in nature. He has very long mid-back length silver hair, blue eyes. He is dressed to kill, as always, in very richly appointed robes. He has pale skin, but he has kind of, like, bluish undertones. He is probably either rolling his eyes at something or getting ready to make a snarky remark. At all times. At all times. Well, at this particular time, Leo, you have been summoned to your father's office. Okay, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not with the eye Maybe roll. not right now. <laughs> and you are preparing to set off to do that, because you have a meeting scheduled for, ooh, uh, 30 seconds from now. So, whoops. Running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not run. A dignified power a walk. A dignified speed walk. A dignified power walk. 
probably just whispering shit, 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 shit under his breath the whole time. He does yeah. not want to do this. <laughs> I knock. From inside the office comes a deep, beleaguered sigh. And then Morlinval signed the Archduke of Australia, who you've kept waiting for probably 20 seconds, but it still matters, calls, Come in, Laryl. Leo walks in and is preemptively looking at the floor. There is a tap of fingernails on wood, and then Morlin sighs, says, Please look at me when I'm speaking to you. Leo complies. Morlin Valsine, the Archduke Rosharia, is much taller than his son, about six feet tall, but very similar in features. Silver hair, bright blue eyes. He's old, but like, fit old. <laughs> he's like 65, but he's kept it like, on point. <laughs> <laughs> so like, he does, yeah. he does uh, hydro aerobics or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. a really fit grandpa. Gross. <laughs> and he looks extremely annoyed as he, with one hand, pushes a small stack of papers across the desk and says, I'll need your signature on these documents. You know, if you wanted me to fill out extra paperwork, you could have sent this by courier. I don't want to be here any more than you want me to. Unfortunately, this had to be signed in person and that signature witnessed by the Archduke. So, if you would just get this over with so we can both go about our day. Witness. Yeah, Leo picks up the papers. It is a certification of abdication from being the primary heir to the throne. Whoa. Yeah. There are more details further in the paper, but... Leo was born, you know, essentially a prince. He's got enough background to know that he, like, needs to at least look over the fine print. Can I just flip back through it really quick and see what all it says? Do you want me to roll a check, or...? Yeah, go ahead and roll an investigation check. Okay. Fifteen. It's mostly just the undersigned certifies that he has no claim to the throne of Australia. The undersigned certifies that he will be given such and such lands titles of his own merit, but will not have any claim to residence within the palace or to the throne itself and the privileges thereof. Leo is just flipping back through all of this, gradually getting more pale. What is the meaning of this? Morlin just is inspecting his fingernails, not even directly looking at you, despite the fact that he asked you to look at him while he was speaking. Asshole. And he just very calmly says, I would think it would be self-explanatory. I didn't pay for the highest ranked tutors in the kingdom for you to not be able to read, Lairel. I can read perfectly fine. You have no legal precedent for this. I've committed no crime. I have not performed any indiscretion that would bring shame upon the family. You have no right to do this. You are unfit by virtue of your lack of magical talent and Honestly, if we're being completely candid, by virtue of your behavior, to take the throne, and thus it will be going to your sister. Now, we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the much, much harder way. My sister? My bastard sister, who you also have no legal precedent 
to put on the throne ahead of me. I disagree. But yes, Ferrara will be taking the throne upon my death, which will, as we all hope, be quite some time from now. Under his breath, Leo mutters, I'm not so sure about that. Morlin raises one eyebrow, and then that hand with the fingernails he was inspecting moves in a really complicated way, and then there's just this flicker and crackle of arcane power around it. And he says, would you like to repeat that? Leo does clam up a little bit, but he's not backing down so much as he is just kind of mellowing out a little bit. He drops the papers on the desk. Well, clearly I won't be signing these. Clearly you will, or you... Hmm. Let's put it this way. One way or another, Lyril, you will be leaving the city by the end of the day, whether it is the peaceful way and the smarter way of signing the documents that I've put before you and taking the out that I have generously offered you. Or it is a more forceful departure of you being sent either to the Towers of the North for an extended stay, or sent to the South, to Luxigalan, to join the priesthood. The priesthood? What? Why are you doing this? As I said, I do not believe you fit to take my throne, and I would be damned if I leave it to you. Your opinion on my fitness for the throne is irrelevant in the face of the law. The law says that your firstborn son acquires the throne on your death. The law says that as long as you sign those papers, my firstborn son will be acquiring the throne upon my death. Mmm, Leo doesn't have magic. Oh boy. Laryl spends a lot of time wishing that he had magic. As a country of sorcerers, uh, especially up in the upper echelons, just by virtue of him not being born with that gift, not only has it caused him to be looked down upon, but yeah. he spends a lot of time wishing that he had magic, none more so than right now. <laughs> I think he just goes very quiet and very cold, and emphatically puts all of the papers down on his father's desk and goes, this isn't going to fucking stand. It will not stand. And he turns around and walks out. You walk out into the hallway. It's a short hallway, so as you go to turn the corner, you run smack into someone else, and you look up, and there is the aforementioned sister for Valsine. She is six feet tall, much like your shared father. She is what I have dubbed an infernal elf, which basically means she is a high elf, but also a tiefling. Sick. So, yeah. So she has just long, curling black horns, long black hair, black eyes, purple skin. And she looks up and she says, oh, Leo. Uh, <clears throat> and she like, I will fucking end you for this. For what? What does? Don't. 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 He's just got a finger up. And she's also, like, what, like, two heads taller than oh, him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's very tall. <laughs> yeah, so he, she just has this very small, angry man yelling at her. Don't fucking act like you don't know. And when I rain hell down on the old man for this, you're getting it, too. And he shoves past her and walks down the hall. She is just gonna kind of turn to yell after him. I don't get it, but 
Threads are nothing new, I guess. He and puts then... one middle finger up in the yeah. air without turning around. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And keeps walking. His footsteps fade down the hall, and uh, he turns a corner and is gone. Fee, from behind you, the open door to your father's study, uh-huh. you do hear his voice come out. So uncivilized. Is he gone? Uh, yes, he's stormed off to wherever it is he's going. Do come in. She will, again, brush herself off, imaginary dust off of the dress, and, like, straighten her skirt, and then walk in. You cross the threshold into your father's study. Uh, he is sitting at his desk. He is uh, straightening a pile of papers and setting them off to the side, and he looks up at you and gives you a gentle smile and goes, Ferrara, darling, sit down, please. There's something I'd like to talk with you about. Yes. Fee, I think, walked in with very stiff posture, with her hands clasped behind her back and her head down respectfully. But she will just settle on a chair, very primly, straight posture, very, not necessarily stiff, but very proper. Moreland, your father, files away. I think he opens up a drawer in his desk and kind of tucks away this stack of papers and steeples his fingers and regards you over the top of his steepled hands and says, There are certain things in motion right now that are going to be changing the way that things operate around here, and I thought that it would be best for you if you were to hear it from me. All right. By the end of the day today, your brother will be abdicating his position as Grand Duke. This obviously will create a crisis of succession, given that his title will be open. It would be my most fervent hope and greatest pride if you would fill that position. Uh, um, we very obviously was not expecting this. She stammers for half a second and then composes herself and goes, I, uh, I would have, under ideal circumstances, appreciated slightly more notice, but I, I am grateful for the opportunity uh, presented to me. Why is is Leo... Um, <clears throat> why is Leo abdicating? It seems out of character, is, is, is all. Your father does snort quietly to himself, just a very <laughs> dignified little snort, and says, out of character would be an understatement, but... I was doing my best to be polite, father. Something he never learned. No argument here. Which is one of the reasons why I view that he is unfit for the throne of this nation. The burden of leadership, Ferora, is something that only a very special type of person can handle. And ever since your mother abandoned you and left you to my care, I have watched you grow into a fierce and powerful and capable young woman who vastly, vastly outstrips your brother in terms of capacity to lead and general talent. Fee does wince a little bit when he brings up her mother, and she uh, clears her throat and says, I very much appreciate your uh, assessment of my character, and I, again, am grateful for the opportunity. Will I be... uh, given uh, more training on the responsibilities of my position, I would assume so. Oh, absolutely. 
Yes. Of course. Yes, of course. Uh, and uh, the end of the day, you said? If all goes according to plan, yes. By the end of the day, the legal paperwork will be in order, and we could arrange for a coronation in the coming weeks. Coming? Oh, okay. She looked extremely startled. She's not quite processing this discussion. She doesn't really know how to handle this, so she just nods a couple times to herself and says, The coming weeks? Okay. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, I, I very much appreciate this. Father, thank you. Uh, I have a few things to take care of today, if you wouldn't mind, of course, if, if you can spare me for the rest of the day. Of course. Thank you so much. He puts up a finger and stops you before you, like, leave the door. Aurora. Yes, Father. I want you to know how proud I am of you. She does smile a little bit at that and ducks her head and then pops a curtsy and says, Thank you, as always, Father. Uh, and then she whirls, leaves the office. You walk down the hallway is empty. Yep. Uh, where are you headed? I'm headed to Leo's room. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would assume that he is in there. Yeah, Sophie is just going to open the door. Not even knock, really. Just She's very frazzled, so she's just going to open the door and like walk in. And she uh, has both hands up and then just suddenly puts them down like at her sides and then behind her back. And says, I had no forewarning of this situation. And I know you have no reason to believe me. But I truly had no idea this was coming. And uh, Leo, roll an inside check. Oh, well, shit. Okay. <laughs> That's a dirty 20. Yeah, so actually pretty good insight. She appears to be telling the truth. She doesn't hide when she's uncomposed. When her composure slips, she doesn't hide it very well. It's pretty easy to read that she is frazzled by the discussion she has just had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leo clenches his teeth. I... I think he's halfway through destroying his room. Honestly, yeah. like, he's probably throwing, like, a Kylo Ren-style temper tantrum and Ooh. just breaking shit. Ooh. So, yeah, he looks up, you know, broken glassware in hand and just goes, Oh, yeah, I suppose that ruining my life is just a fun little side project for you. It always has been, hasn't it? I didn't plan any of Whatever you think I put into this, as far as my own effort... Let me assure you. I don't give a shit about what you put into it, Ferrara, he says, just big fake smile. Frankly, I could care less what you put into it, because for some reason, you're always the one getting the most out of it, aren't you? Ever since they dragged your raggedy little urchin ass here, you have been the one reaping the benefit. And I have had it. Fee puts the mask back on, rolls her neck, and then clenches her teeth and says, well, if that's going to be how it is, perhaps I'm getting the most benefit out of these little situations every time, because every goddamn time, Leo, you manage to purposefully ruin everything about the situation for yourself, for father, for me, and for everyone around us. So you know what? I did come here to try and figure out if we could find some way to smooth things over. But if you have decided that you're going to throw a temper tantrum, I won't bother. And I will put nothing into it. That would be great. I would love that. I'm a little busy here trying to figure out how I'm not going to get shipped off to the Towers of the North. (sighs) Oh yes, did he tell you he threatened me with prison? 
or joining the priesthood. Those are my options if I don't sign the stupid papers to hand you my whole life. Don't be fucking dramatic, Leo. It's not your whole life. It is, it is my a- birthright. It's what I was born to do, and you he can't just give it away. Well, given that you have done absolutely nothing to prepare yourself for the role, given the general behavior that you choose to exhibit on a daily basis, I can only assume, I don't think it will be that much to give away. It is a job, Leo, so bucket the fuck up, sign the papers, or have fun joining the priesthood. I can't do either of those, and I'm too pretty for prison, so... (laughs) What else am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm at an impasse. Short of disappearing into the night, Leo, I do not have another option for you. This is the situation. Learn to live with it or don't. I don't care. I'm going to leave now because this is clearly not productive for either of us. And then she turns on her heel and just uh, middle finger over the shoulder leaves the room. Distantly behind you, you do hear a door slam. Yeah. And, um... Fee, as you are walking down this long, stretching hallway through the middle of the palace, you happen upon your magic teacher. Uh, her mm-hmm. name is Alasha Dakarin. She is the court mage of Australia, mm-hmm. and she has pretty much been your surrogate mother since you yeah. were young enough to remember. You lived with her for a time before you were brought to court. Fee's stiff posture immediately loosens when she sees her. And she just, like, smiles a little bit, and she goes, Alasha, thank, Cameron, thank, thank you for being here. I need to talk urgently right now. Alasha cuts a very intimidating figure. She is tall for an elf, not as tall as you, but maybe, like, 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, very proud facial features, uh, long, thick black hair. Uh, I've been describing her as Fantasy Sandra O. Oh, <laughs> kind yeah, of, yeah, 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 in my head. Also, you uh, see, you know, that on uh, the right side of her face, she does have a pretty prevalent burn scar that goes from kind of the lower half of her jaw down her neck and disappears under the collar of her dress. You know that she got this scar in a territorial scuffle with the distant nation of Ogvaldor years ago, before you were born, even. That same war also uh, robbed her of a lot of functionality in her right leg, so Mm -hmm. she does walk with a cane. It's a long cane with a big jeweled knob set into the top. And she raises an eyebrow as you come running up to her and goes, I mean, I have a meeting in a few minutes, but I can spare a second. What's going on? You look upset. Oh, uh, oh, she like scrubs her hands over her face and then steeples her fingers and says, So, apparently, Leo is abdicating from an airship to the throne and father wants me to take it over. So that's a situation. I was not warned of this. I have until sunset to grapple with that. You know, the cognitive dissonance of my new situation. I'm kind of freaking out. Okay. Stop. Breathe. Good girl. Now, ask yourself why we didn't think that this had been coming. You I, deserve this, V. I, but I'm, I'm not, it, but it... Who cares? Who cares how it happens? You 
are the most talented mage in a generation in this nation. And the fact that you are robbed from agency and airship and the power that you deserve for that talent while your shithead brother sits around and does nothing and has no talent whatsoever, this is a win for you. But it, the legal implications alone, it, it, he's legitimate, he's older, he is the firstborn son of the Archduke, and I had resigned myself to the situation, but now the situation has radically upended itself all over me. And it's a lot. That's an understatement. <laughs> Remember what I said about concentration casting. You have to be centered, and once you find your center, you can work outward from it. Okay? Yes. Her posture straightens subconsciously. Find your center. Keep breathing. Keep telling yourself that this is not bad. Leo will... Leo will throw a tantrum, and then he will get over it. It's what he always does. Yes, I know. Okay, so we ride out the storm... He gets to whine about it, and then he goes away. Again, this is a win for you. <laughs> yes, I, I just... <sighs> I'm not looking forward to any backlash I'll face in court. I'm not looking forward to weathering the tantrum. Honestly, I... <sighs> this is just a lot. And Father did not bother to warn me about it. All the biggest things that happen in our lives rarely come with any warning. She reaches up and gets your face in between her two hands and kind of like makes she you. accepts it, even yeah. though she could easily throw her up. Yeah, um, and she makes you look down at her and she goes, You are going to be phenomenal. Tantrum or no tantrum? I'm so proud of you. It is a little bit exciting. Just a bit. Honestly? Yeah. Imagine the party we're gonna get to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she like reaches up to wipe her face a little bit, and then she nods and she says, Yes, yeah. One um, thing after another, right? One thing after another, and I'm right now the thing after this for me is my resume is gonna look amazing if I get to put the Grand Duchess <laughs> of Australia on it. <laughs> I've gotta go to my meeting. I will see you at dinner. I'll see you at dinner. I will see you at dinner. Okay. And I feel like she shakes herself off. Uh, Leo, what are you doing? The thing that Fee said about disappearing into the night, I think, actually struck more of a chord with him. Oh, God. <laughs> than he thinks that she probably knew. I think after he slams the door on her, he kind of just, like, paces for a little bit. And then he digs out a bag and starts packing. Oh, shit. Okay. He digs out a bag, and again, just, like, the most colorful stream of cursing the entire time. He does not stop. Just packs up a bag with, you know, whatever money he has on him, which I would assume is probably still a fair bit. Probably a couple hundred gold. Yeah, just packs up, like, all the money he has on him, several pairs of clothes, uh, all of his, like, starting equipment from the noble backgrounds. So, signet ring, scroll of pedigree, stuff like that. And he stashes the bag under his bed, and then he is going to leave the room. Um, so, Leo is engaged, 
would his fiance be living in the palace, or would he just, like, live down in the city? He is a noble. Um, I would think since the engagement has, like, been recognized by the Archduke, uh, and given that he is of the pedigree that he is, I would think Soren lives in the palace. Okay, I'm gonna go find... I would think he has his own small suite in the lower floors. Okay, yeah, uh, Leo goes to find him. You find him pretty easily. He's in his room at his desk, just a pile of books and papers around him. <laughs> he is very, like, dignified librarian is the words that come to mind. Wonderful. <laughs> big, thick glasses, dark hair, big green eyes, the same kind of cool, kind of bluish, kind of silvery undertones mm-hmm. that pretty much everybody in this palace has. And he's, he's dressed very nicely, very prim and proper, and he looks up and immediately starts beaming as soon as Leo comes into the room. Leo is emphatically not smiling. <laughs> the smile drops a little bit, and he goes, Uh, darling, what's, uh, can I ask? What's wrong? I know you had that meeting earlier. I have to go. Oh, where are we going? Uh, I wasn't No, I... Not... I didn't say we, Soren. My father has removed me from the line of succession. He can't do that. He can, and he is. Don't ask me. I don't know. I don't... It's illegal. I know that much, but... What use is claiming illegality against the person who is the law in this country... I have been written out of the line. I am being told to sign over my title and all duties thereof to my sister. Or I will be put in prison or sent to join the priesthood. shit. So, we're of the agreement that none of those three things can happen, right? Clearly not. Because I, I, I can't. I... I'm not going to be fucking locked up by that son of a bitch. And after what happened to my mother, I'm not joining the priesthood. No, no, clearly not. No, of course not. This is not... He takes off his glasses and, like, pinches the bridge of his nose. This does not... This isn't legally coherent. He's giving it to your sister? Who has no claim at all by the virtue of her illegitimate birth, but... Listen... I don't have long enough to fight this. So I am going to go. Out of here. I'm... I am leaving tonight before they can strong-arm me into signing that document or lock me up. I'm clearly coming with you. You clearly are not, Soren. I'm... This isn't a vacation. I am leaving and I am coming back and when I come back, I am bringing an army. When I get the hell out of here tonight... That is going to make me a traitor, and I am not dragging you into that with me. So I came here. He looks deeply upset. Leo looks deeply, deeply upset, and he leans down and he puts a ring on Soren's desk in front of him. That, no. Take that back. I can't. You're not just swanning out of here, off to Kimrel knows where. I... You are my betrothed, and we are both leaving, and we are figuring out a way to fight this. They will lock up your whole family, or they will send them to that island, and no one will ever see them again. 
You think my father won't stoop that low? Your mother, your father, your little sister, all gone. He actually does look a little bit shaken by that. He half reared out of the chair and put a hand on the desk, but he sinks back into it, kind of defeated. And he goes, this, there has to be some way to fight this. I, let me just, and he like opens up one of the books on the desk and is immediately engrossed. Has a pen in his mouth, is just at it. Darling, we don't have time. We don't have time. We have hours at this point, and I need to be gone before they know what I'm thinking of doing. And what I am thinking of doing is high treason, and I'm not implicating you in that. So here it is, on the record. I absolve you of all obligations to me as my betrothed. And assuming that I am able to set this shit show right, one day, maybe... One day, maybe we can fix it. He, uh, puts the pen down. And then grimaces a little bit. And then he gets up out of the chair and he puts both his hands on Leo's shoulders. And says, Fine. You have to do what you have to do. And I will accept it. One condition. You swear to me two things. Sure. The first is that you are coming back. The second is that you will remember that I am not doing this out of obligation. Anything that I do, anything that I have done, and anything that I will do from this point on is done out of love. This is not some contract that you have strong-armed me into. You are the love of my life, and I am going to fix this. And then he just, like, leans in and kisses you on the forehead. Leo leaves before Soren can see him start crying. Oof. Yeah, he just goes, leaves the ring behind him. He goes, and he turns around, and to the closed door, he says, I love you too. I think that speaking of fixing this, and speaking of there having to be something they can do, I think I want to go to the library. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What are you looking for? I am looking for every tome on religious magic that I can get my hands on. So, like, clerical magic. Okay. You can ask the librarian for help or not. He's the old shambling man. <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah. I sneak by him. I sneak by him. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just... Run. Okay. Yeah. Well, self-check. Fuck. Not hard. <laughs> He's an old, old man. He's the DC an old, can't be that old man. That's a 15. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You sneak right by him. He's got, like, an ear trumpet. Yeah, I am... Moving as quickly and quietly as I can and just, like, stuffing books, like, down the front of my shirt. (laughs) I don't have a bag. (laughs) Do I need to roll any kind of, like, history check or anything to see if I can find relevant? Yeah, go ahead and roll a history check. I mean, there are a lot of books on religious magic, given just the structure of Asheria as primarily a nation that runs on the divine right of kings. Mm -hmm. So That is a 22 to history. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, you find quite a few 
you, but it's not religious magic. Yeah. Do I find anything on initiation into religious magic without joining the priesthood? Oh, jeez. Um... Or, like, anything, like, written by the priesthood on, like, methods of religious magic. Yeah, a lot of this is pretty closely guarded information, I would think. But, like, with the 22, you find a couple, you can piece together from a few separate descriptions, like, what it would take to promise yourself to the main god of Australia, which is Kimrel, the god of death, justice, order, so on and so forth. Okay. You would need to create an open line of communication to the god himself through some means, a summoning circle, offerings given, generally just kind of like getting his attention, just just waving in a field. <laughs> just like, and just yelling to yeah. the sky. Hey god, I want to talk to you. Are you there god? It's me, Leia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I okay. want to talk to you, punk ass bitch. Um, <laughs> you can piece together enough to slapdash yourself a summoning circle. <laughs> okay. From a few seconds. Yeah, well, because, I mean, like, Leo has studied magical theory. Yeah. Like, he's not enough of a dab hand with it to be a wizard, like yeah. Soren is, but, you know, he yeah. I think he knows enough about magical theory to be able to, like, piece together a little mm-hmm. bit of what's going on. So, yeah, I, yeah, he takes the books and, like, shoves them down the front of his robes and sneaks out of the uh, library as fast as he can. Then he is going to go sneak off for further machinations, I guess. Fee, you are sitting at dinner with your father and your magic teacher and a couple other uh, members of the high court. Your brother is very noticeably absent, and with every moment that passes, you have not dug into the first course yet, but with every moment that passes that Leo does not show up, you see your father's lips getting tighter and tighter into one thin line of disapproval. Fee's a little edgy about that. She is going to look at one of the guards that I'm sure is around the Great Hall and be like, Ah, has anyone... Has anyone gone to retrieve my... Uh, the... The the grand... No. Uh, my brother from his, his chambers. I think he's sulking. You see your father just picks up his eating utensils, which is kind of the signal for everybody around that you can all do that as well, and just and just mutters, silent treatment like a petulant toddler, unacceptable. She, like, grits her teeth a little bit and goes, uh, I, I can go see what's keeping him, if that would uh, please His Majesty the Archduke, of course. I would hate to have you trouble yourself and miss the pheasant, but go right ahead. Have you two spoken about the agreement. Uh, and again, Fee kind of, like, glances out of the corner of her eye at, like, the guards that I'm sure are around and goes, Ah, uh, we did have a discussion about it. It was less productive than I had hoped, but... Isn't everything with your brother. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just go see... Hurry back, darling. Doing. Of course, father. Uh, and then she goes... <laughs> um, okay, so you yeah. go. I would like you to roll... What's your passive perception? Oh, yeah, it's an 11. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can go ahead and roll me a perception check. Great. Okay. That's a bad one. Ooh. <laughs> With her proficiency, it's a two. <laughs> you know what? Uh-huh. I also rolled a two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, 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 great. Yeah, uh, you yeah. don't see anybody, but you do see um, a book just, like, laying in the hallway near Leo's room. 
Okay, I'm gonna reach down and pick it up. It's a tome on uh, the origins and application of clerical magic. Like, very baseline clerical magic education material. The type of stuff that people that are joining the priesthood to be clerics of Kimrel would read. Okay, that's super weird. Even if I don't know the details, I would know that Leo kind of just hates the the, uh, religious order of Kimrel. Yeah. Yeah. He's the least religious person you know. Yeah. Like, that's weird. I'm gonna knock on the door. No answer. Huh. She's just gonna open the door. uh, Okay. And, like, announce herself as she's opening, like, look, Leo, I get that you're upset, but you really shouldn't be skipping dinner. It's impolite. And then open the door, walk in. He is halfway out the window. (laughs) He has, like, this huge duffel bag, like, strapped diagonally across his shoulder, and he has tied his sheets (laughs) into a rope. And he is, like, in the process of repelling out the window, and he looks at you and goes, fuck. He's going to very calmly shut the door behind her, take three steps across the room, lean in, and then, in a very frantic whisper, say, What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with me? What the fuck is wrong with you coming into my room without permission? You're sneaking out the window! Do you know what my options are? This is the best option. You told me yourself if I disappeared into the night it would work. I didn't mean it literally, you fucker. I'm not going to prison, and I'm not going to that fucking island, and you are not sitting your bony little ass on my throne. That was uncalled for. He's still hanging out the window. (laughs) I, uh, how do you think this is going to play out, Leo? Do you think this is going to go well? Oh no, I know exactly how this is going to play out. I'm going to go, and then when I come back, it's going to be with an army, and then you and the old man are going to eat Every word you have ever said to me about my unfittingness for the throne. There are eight guards on the city gates, you idiots! Shit. Which you would know if you ever paid attention in your civics lessons. This, this is why. This is why. Leo, this is why. Why don't you just go get father now? Why don't you just bring him up here and they'll take me away and they'll lock me up? I guess it's all for the birds, isn't it? I you're gonna get yourself killed. That's the answer here. You, this is active treason. This is treason. This is literally treason. You'll be executed. Oh, is it treason to incite a rebellion against a leader that's breaking the law already? Yes! Explicitly! Well... Well, this this is why. This is why. Yeah, he pulls himself back up the rope and climbs back into the window. Yeah. And... Kind of has an oh shit look on his face. Like, oh man, I may have not thought this through. (laughs) She puts her head in her hands. I don't have a choice. I have not been given a choice in this that is a real choice, so I am making my own. And I don't know why you suddenly care so much about what happens to me anyway. I don't think that that has ever been a condition that either of us have operated under with each other. I don't want you here, but I don't want you dead. Well, congratulations. I'm getting ready to not be here. She, um, lifts her head from her hands and just, like, rubs it on top of this for a second and goes, I can create a distraction. Why? If this is the only course of action in this situation that you will pursue. As I said, I don't want you here. You have been nothing but inconvenient at best and actively hostile and malicious in my life at worst. 
from the beginning. So no, I don't want you here. And honestly, I think if you were on that throne, you would run the country into the ground within a decade. But I would rather not see you executed because bastard or not on both of our ends in very different ways, you are my brother. So fine. I will create a distraction and you can swan off in the night and pursue your delusions of grandeur. And that is fine by me, Leo. You know, if you let me go, I'm coming back, right? We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Suppose we will. And he goes back out the window. Yeah. Fee is going to go down to, first of all, the palace gates and just let me know what check I have to roll, but she's going to just, like, wave off the guards at the gates and... Uh, So what is she doing? By, like, waving them off, what do you mean? She's gonna try to just go through the gates herself, if she can, and just kind of be like, oh, I have an errand to run for my father. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, roll a deception check. Ooh, that's a natural 17, and I don't have proficiency in deception, but, oh, yes, I do. Yes, you do. Uh, It's a 23. (laughs) Jesus. They buy it hook, line, and sinker, and they just kind of let you pass. As you are, like, leaving through the front gates of the palace, you see Leo, like, hit the roof of a stable that's right by the gatehouse. Not gracefully. He hits it pretty hard, actually. There's a really big thump, but nobody turns around. And then he gets up and you can see him cursing from a distance and just like brushes himself off and goes and hops off. And he is within a few minutes just gone kind of into the gaping urban mall of Valental. Fee is like parallel kind of moving through the city because she is also going for the front gate, but she's going to hang back out of sight of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You manage to uh, catch up with him. You've got longer legs. He can't go that fast. (laughs) And yeah, you guys eventually... um, approach the pointed elven arc shape yeah. gates of Valental, which are open because it is still daylight. The sun is setting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the eight guards are standing there on their patrol. Fee is going to stop about 30 feet away. She wants to not be within like five feet of anyone. Um, preferably not close to any houses, just like kind of in an alleyway. Yeah. Out of sight. Um, and she's going to, first of all, cast... Uh, thaumaturgy mm-hmm. and create a harmless r- tremor in the ground okay. for one minute <laughs> okay directly under the guards <laughs> oh no and then she is going to dim the torches around them okay and then she's going to cast thunderclap oh no <laughs> which creates a burst of thunderous sound that can be heard up to a hundred feet away Okay. Um, yeah. And she wanted to be away from people because it does 1d6 thunder damage. <laughs> so ideally it will do no thunder damage to anyone. It will just make a very loud sound. You hear some windows like rattling in their frames yeah. in kind of the alley where you've ducked in to do this. You might do a little bit of structural damage with it. That's fine. Uh, but no, yeah, nobody's outside in this alleyway. You do hear Leo like shriek a little bit <laughs> from like the other side of the alley. Stupid but yeah, then you hear some one of the guards yell, Earthquake! And then like all of them come running towards the source yeah. of the sound. Yeah, Fee's gonna try to go through the back of the alleyway around a building. Leo does catch your wrist like right before you run off and just looks- You're gonna get me caught. This sucks. This is so hard for me. Thank you. And then he goes. 
<laughs> Fee just like throws her hands up in frustration and runs. Okay. <laughs> like back towards the palace. Okay. Yeah, you make it back to the palace, no problem. People give you a wide berth, but it is a respectful wide berth. Like okay. they know who you are, they're respecting your space. Like she is going to compose herself and then she's going to walk back into the palace. She is going to be hurrying a little bit mm-hmm. and she is going to burst back into the great hall where her father and magic teacher are taking dinner and say, he's gone. Oof. And Leo, what are you doing as you <laughs> successfully leave the city? Moving as fast as fucking possible. Yep. I, yeah, he's he's operating under the assumption that, like, while his sister did help him get out, his absence is not going to go unnoticed, especially yeah. because he's supposed to be signing abdication papers in, uh, like, an hour, so... Yeah. He is hauling ass. Could I, like, roll... I, I mean, I don't know what kind of check it would be. Like, maybe, like, a survival check or something to see if I can, like hitch a ride like you maybe like pull my hood up and like hitch a ride on somebody's cart or um yeah. maybe buy or rent a horse like go ahead and roll uh survival yeah it it's a busy road like it's the capital of the entire country it's a busy road there's the big lake on one side of the city and the mountains behind there's a lot of trade that goes on. There is across the lake uh, the settlement of Estalor, which you can catch a ferry from there onto the mainland. You can I, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to need to do. I need to get out yeah. of the country. So yeah, it's a pretty big lake. It's like I would say around the size of Lake Erie. Okay, <laughs> it's large. Okay, so I'm going to have to get passage across the lake to even be able to yeah get... or go around it, but that wastes a lot of time that you don't have. Yeah, I'm going to roll a survival check to see if I can either like find a boat, find a horse, do something. Yeah, that is seventeen. Okay. With a 17, there are always, like, fishing boats and shit. You could bribe a fisherman. Like, you don't have to deal with consequences if you are not in the country. So yeah. you, could, you could always bribe a fisherman. Like, they're gonna know you left. I, they are, matter. yeah, they probably already know I left. Is kind yeah. of like Leo's, where his head's at at the time. It's less of, I need to be stealthy getting out. Now it is, yeah. I am home free. I need to get the hell out of the country. Yeah, there's some fishing on the lake. There's docks, there's uh, cruise boats for the nobles, there's fishing boats, there's, yeah. Okay, um... (laughs) Oh, God. I would like to bribe the person that is in charge of taking care of the royal barge. Ooh, okay. (laughs) I think the royal boatman, honestly... Leo has, I would assume, privileges on the royal barge. Yep. Has the privilege to take it out. Like, what yeah. does this boatman know about the plans for me to abdicate the throne? Probably nothing, right? Probably nothing. I so yeah, assume, just yeah. I, I just walk up. Yep. Just, just calm as you please. It, it would please me to go out for a nice sunset boating trip. The boatman just kind of like raises an eyebrow and like as he's untying the barge and goes, "Awfully late for that, isn't it, Grand Duke Felsine?" You know, just a beautiful night for it, though, right? The stars, it is the that. moon. I do love this lake, Grand Duke, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I'll take the boat by myself. How about oh, you uh, tell the crew to just call it a night? Um, I'll, can, uh, would it be like a vehicle proficiency check to see if yes. I know how to sail it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I can, oh, I'm probably going to beef this really hard. <laughs> but it's fine, because even if I beef it, that's 16. Okay. I'm probably not um, great at it, but... Okay. Roll also a deception check, or uh, persuasion. I'll let you do either. Okay. 17. Okay. Yeah. The boatman says, 
All right, Grand Duke Valsine, if that uh, pleases his highness, then I suppose. Would you, do you want any refreshments? I have. I would like the biggest bottle of wine you have. Actually, two. Yes, it is a drinking alone on the lake night. I'm sure you boatmen have had some of those, yes? His smile is getting slowly more deranged. (laughs) But uh, yes, uh, <laughs> he goes for the wine and just kind of hands it over, very uh, concerned, but not going to say anything about it because this is the prince of his nation. <laughs> Thank you, boatman. Yeah, Leo jumps on the boat and casts off, and I am taking the boat across the lake. If it is possible for me to, while I am sailing, I am drinking one of the bottles of wine. Okay, sure. <laughs> and saving the other one. How long would it take me to get across the lake? It's pretty big. Um,. I don't think there's a lot of wind, so it would probably take, like, a couple hours. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I would like to stop short of the docks. Yes. On the other side of the lake. I'm assuming that I was able to, like, navigate everything and I didn't get lost or anything. Yeah. Okay. I am dropping anchor about uh, a swimmable distance from shore, and I am... Dousing the deck of the royal barge in the rest of the bottle of wine, and I am setting that motherfucker on fire and jumping overboard. Fuck you, Dad. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm not gonna make it roll for that. That's yeah. I don't need to roll for it. Actually, I have a tinder box in my inventory. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. Leo bails out over the side and swims to okay. shore. Yep. Yeah, sure. And then, so I'm I'm probably outside the city because I would not have done that where people there could see me. Well, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna see the boat on fire, but they needed to not see who was in it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's probably dark by that point anyway. Yeah. So yeah, you dock and burn <laughs> the royal barge on the shores of the lake, just outside of the small town of Estelor. What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> Eat shit. Eat shit, old man. As you get to shore, sopping wet, your royal robe is just fucking clinging to you. <sighs> it's probably too late for me to catch a ferry, isn't it? Uh, mm, it's late. I mean, like, if I yeah. if it took a couple hours and I left, like, at sunset, like, when the moon and stars were coming out. Yeah, I would think there's probably an early ferry in a few hours. I would assume before sunrise there's another ferry, but it's okay. gonna be a little while. Okay. It's probably safest option is to hide out for a minute. Okay, well, I'm going to make use of that time. I really hope he thought to wrap those books in something waterproof. Roll electric. That is 14. <laughs> the books are damp, but readable. Damp, but readable. Okay, that's all I need. That's all I yeah. need them for. Um, <laughs> shit, okay, I am getting out my small knife that is in my beginning inventory, and I am... Uh, safely cutting open my hand, not the supernatural slice where mm-hmm. you like, you know, do yeah. tendon damage. Safely getting enough blood to draw a summoning circle on the ground. Okay, go ahead and roll history with advantage. Okay. 21. Okay. Yeah, you make, honestly, a pretty good facsimile of the summoning circle you saw in one of the books. You go ahead and put it on the ground. You know that the next thing to do would be to call out to the god, uh, to leave some sort of offering if you can. I shouldn't have drank that bottle of wine. Fuck. Probably not. <laughs> um, oh, what do I have in my inventory? Yeah. yeah, the books would have said leave an offering, make an impassioned argument, call out to the god in some way that he would find. I have my signet ring, but that is not a good idea to get rid of. No. Would I have, like... 
any kind of chain of office or something, or like not a crown. Well, I mean, princes yeah. have crowns, but princes like, have I would think you have like a royal seal on a chain around your neck. Okay, yeah, for the sending of documents with the royal crest on it. Okay, yeah. um, yeah, I yeah. similar to the signet ring, but just kind of. Bigger, it acts like a wax seal. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so I take off the royal seal that I have around my neck, and yes. I throw it in the center of the summoning circle, and I look up to the sky, and in a supremely irritated voice, I go, "All right, you screwed me over when I was born. So now we're going to go about this a different way." Roll performance. Natural nineteen Ooh. with performance. <laughs> that is a twenty-one. Ooh, damn. Okay. From behind you, you hear a desert dry voice. <laughs> Just very soft, very raspy. And it goes, You would like to have words with me, young, young Grand Duke. Not the Grand Duke anymore, or at least I won't be after tomorrow. Um, You know, I have a lot of really deep and abiding religious trauma that I would love to work through <laughs> right now, but as it is... I need to get out of the country and remedy the fact that my birthright has been illegally compromised, which, as the divine source that gives our leaders of divine right their power, I figured you might be a little bit upset about, you know, Lord of Justice and everything. There is a soft rattling, rustling sound, and Kimril, the Lord of Bones, <laughs> gross, circles you. He is this intimidatingly tall, very slender figure in a long black robe with the cowl thrown back to expose his bleached white skull with curling horns coming back from it. Ooh. Just jagged horns going right back from the forehead. <laughs> and just very sharp, silver-pointed teeth. And as he leans down, you see a bright silvery purple light in his empty eye sockets. Do I need to roll to not shit my pants? <laughs> you can. <laughs> roll for pants pooping. <laughs> roll wisdom. <laughs> roll wisdom. If it's a wisdom check, it's a 16. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> okay, I didn't poop. I, I maybe peed a little. He leans down face to face with you, and Skull kind of moves to give you the impression that he's grinning even though you can always see all of his teeth bared in that horrifying grimace. Ugh. And he says, And you believe it is justice that you should sit on the throne. Oh, you want to talk justice. Do you want to talk the kind of justice that it is when Astraria's favored son is born without the talent that he needs to lead it? Do you want to talk justice in the justice of my mother being sent away and dying alone and afraid so a bastard can usurp her son's throne? Or would you like to talk justice in the form of my father who I have only ever tried to please, casting me aside without a second thought? Lend me your power and I will show you justice. Yeah, he tells us head the other way, like a little too far. Very obviously, it should not twist that far, and Gross. it wouldn't if he had flesh ligaments. <laughs> <laughs> Only bones! <laughs> Only bones! He says, And you will prove yourself worthy to me. Really? 
I mean, sure, what do you want? I never really got the chance to prove myself worthy of anything, did I? I was born with no magic, no abilities. A disappointment. I was doomed to be a disappointment from the moment I was born. I've never had the chance to prove myself. You give me the chance to get out there and do it, and I won't disappoint you. Hmm. He just, that creaky hum, and he says, And you will work my will upon the world, will you? I'll help you work your will if you help me work mine. Again, just that twist of the head that makes it very clear that he would be grinning if he had lips to pull back. Ugh. I find this deal equitable. You know, I know I don't cut the most intimidating figure, but really, <laughs> the little man jokes are another thing that I've been dealing with my whole oh. life. Apologies. You will prove yourself. I think. And then he holds out that skeletal hand, wreathed in just this soft, purpley silver glow, like this coming out of his eye socket. And he says, I'm always prepared to make a deal. Oh, do I have to shake? I do prefer it. Gross, 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 okay. but Leo does grab his hand. He takes your hand, and that skeletal hand tightens into a vice grip around your hand so <laughs> much you can feel the bones creak, and then he leans very closely in, oh, God. he puts his skull right against your face, ah! and he says, we will do great things together. Leo is just screaming <laughs> uncontrollably the whole time, just, ah! 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 And then he disappears, and Leo, you are a level two death domain cleric. Fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> and that's where we wrap for the day. For more, the than, more, than, more than one way to get magic in this <laughs> wonderful, wonderful universe. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So we will see you guys next week in the marvelous magical world of Illyri on Peldul. Closing out the episode with a couple little housekeeping things. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with us. We really appreciate it. I just wanted to take a second here at the end of the episode to plug all of our social media accounts for the podcast. If you are interested in keeping up with all things Compelled Duel, you can find us on Twitter at Compelled Duel. You can find us on Tumblr at Compelled Duel. And you can find us on TikTok at Compelled Duel and at Compelled Duel Audios. Also, if you have any inquiries, questions, comments, concerns, if you want to go ahead and shoot us an email at compelledduelpod at gmail.com. That's our podcast email address. And yeah, if you enjoyed anything that you heard here today, if you want to go ahead and blow up those hashtags on social media with hashtag compelledduelpod, that's dual spelled D-U-A-L. Get it? Because it's a ha-ha funny joke. Duel, there's two of us. 
Also, you guys may have noticed that the sound quality is markedly different in this little postscript, and that is because Al and I have recorded the vast majority of this first season ahead of time. And at the beginning of the podcast, about the front half of season one, our recording setup was absolute dog shit, and it totally shows. So just hang in there with us for a little bit longer. I promise the sound quality is going to get better. Again, thank you everybody so much for giving us a listen, and we will see you in two weeks. Our next episode will be dropping Friday, November 27th, 2020, so keep an eye out, and yeah, we'll see you guys next time.